It's Monday. It's June 26th. And the word of the day is Kavifi, which means the President of the United States is a tween who needs to be told no more Twitter, it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. Used in a sentence, Trump's Kavifi tweet is probably the least offensive, least terrifying thing he said since he took office. I don't know about least terrifying. I feel like he's probably failed a physical by now. I mean, to be fair, it all gave us that glimmer of hope that he had completely lost his mind and he was going to come out the next day just (laughs) covered in his own poop. Uh, I haven't ruled it out. I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, we check back in with Trump and Tall Tyler. The White House held a press briefing, and I have as much evidence of it as CNN. And it's totally cool to watch the Cosby show again. <laughs> also, Minnesota cops. Yeah, oh, but first, the diatribe. You know what this country could use? Some sound conservative policies. I know that not many of our listeners want to hear that, but it's almost certainly true. I, just take climate change, for example, right? I've lamented on this show before about how if we could mesh up the conservative views with the liberal views, we could take some damn potent action. Now, I should be clear, I'm talking about the conservative view, not the Republican one. Right. Because the Republican view is I'm shocked, shocked to find out that climate change is going on here. But the conservative position is more nuclear energy, carbon sequestration, carbon taxes, incentivizing the free market, that kind of shit. And regardless how you feel about that kind of shit, you got to admit they're all better choices than multiplying the liberal wish list by the Republican zero. But that's far from the only place America could use a sound conservative voice. There is no debate in American politics that wouldn't be improved by a rational, reasonable voice saying, hey, slow down. Change is dangerous and unpredictable, and we need to make damn sure that what we're doing is going to have the effect we intend and just that effect. And at its heart, that's kind of what it means to be conservative. But unfortunately, we don't get conservative policies because we don't have a conservative party. We have a Republican one. And you know what else this country could use while we're on the subject? Some sound liberal policies. And it wouldn't just be nice for the liberals. Everyone in this country would benefit from single-payer health care, free or at least affordable college, and a more robust social safety net. You can bitch about it all you want, sure. And, and people would, you know, but outside of the political arena and the barroom gripes of the perpetually uninformed, nobody will ever say the problem with this country is that all the college education is so damn accessible. And if you look at any number of indicators of racial equality, gender equality, income equality, global equality, what... You know, look, I, I don't feel like I need to justify the idea that all our political discussions would benefit from the input of people who have noticed that whenever they think, man, I'm glad that's not my job, the person they're looking at is black or Hispanic. But unfortunately, we don't get liberal policies either because we don't have a liberal party. We have a democratic one. And we can blame the politicians if we want. And we can blame the system. Both of those deserve some blame. But we also need to blame the fucking voters. I mean, look, if the voters responded to sound policy, maybe the fucking politicians would offer up some sound policy. But more and more, the voters are primarily motivated by watching the other team lose. No wonder the politicians cater their policies to single issue voters and tell their base to shut up and come along. 
I mean, it's hard to argue this country isn't made better by robust policy conversations that include diverse viewpoints, and yet we've created a political climate where that's nearly impossible, and we're calcifying it more every fucking day. And in the absence of that, it's not like we just get the party in power enacting their policies. We get nobody doing any fucking thing. And on the rare occasion that we can pass the camel of reform through Congress's needling eye, all the gains are likely to vanish as soon as the other guys wrestle the reins back for a couple of years, because damn it if they're going to let the other guy have the victory. And if you want a clear victory of just how bad it's gotten, you need to look no further than Trump's approval rating among Republicans. Okay, as of this recording, the most recent numbers from Gallup have it at 84% approval among Republicans. Now look, you can argue that Trump has good policies. I mean, you'd be wrong, embarrassingly fucking wrong, but at least you can present that argument in an intellectually coherent way. I mean, you, you don't need A to both equal and not equal B at any point, but you can't argue that he's doing a good job. He's failed to enact any meaningful legislation. His only substantive EO was blocked by the courts. He expended all his political capital arguing with inaugural photographs, and he's under investigation by every agency and committee that has a mandate to investigate shit. He's been a terrible president thus far by any metric you could argue for with a straight fucking face, and yet 84% of the people in the red jersey are willing to overlook that just because it means a W on their team's record. So I was trying to come up with the right analogy. I'm not sure if I found it, but here's the one that I did find. We're acting like we're rooting for the Giants to win and the Patriots to lose, just like any right-headed, red-blooded American who cares about the welfare of the elderly would. But what we're actually doing is we're rooting for the Giants' offense to win, but their defense to lose. Because the game isn't the election, it's all that boring shit that comes afterwards. And the playing field isn't the campaign trail, it's the floor of fucking Congress. The point is that politics isn't a zero-sum game, and the closer it gets to one, the less effective it can be. If the right hand is locked in Hatfield-McCoy levels of animosity with the left hand, neither hand is ever going to get clean. Now, people tell me all the time that they're like socially liberal, but economically conservative. And in the past, I've written that off as an uninformed way of dressing up the sentiment that you want all the problems solved. You just don't want to pay for them. But if you take a more charitable interpretation, what most of these people mean is that they're centrists who want a healthy dose of liberal warm heartedness tempered by an approximately equal dose of conservative cool headedness. And look, I'm not trying to play the it's both sides fault thing here. The right deserves way more blame than the left for the divisive state of American politics, but regardless of who ate the most at this point, everyone's going to have to pay the fucking bill. And no, it's not fair, but it's where we are. And it's our own damn fault for leaving politics to somebody else. If our votes could be won by policy, results, integrity, and nothing else, that's what they'd give us. Hey, Eli, what you doing? Oh, just gearing up. Um, gearing up for for what? That I'm not uh, shoot like, some black people. What, dude? What? Nah, 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 nah. I said I'm getting ready, but with the Philando Castile video coming out, it becomes ever more obvious it's just legal in this country to murder black people in cold blood. So I figure, nope. you know. Get in nope. on the fun. Dude. Absolutely not. You, you I know, to, I know I, what you're going to say, Noah. And look, there's, there's been excuse after excuse, and I've tried to buy them all. Charging, barging, thugs, drugs, Skittles, soda, mixed to make a super drug that doesn't exist. But with the latest no. evidence, the hunt is on. And guys, Eli, I don't want to be left. Absolutely not. What? You You can't just murder black people in this country. You have to be a cop first. Yeah, dude. Duh. 
Oh, okay. Hey, Ish. Yeah, don't come over. Yeah, false alarm. I don't have any pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Joining me for headlines tonight are fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Noah, Eli, how great is it to be white men, like the best, <laughs> awesome. right? So yeah. great. Sometimes oh. I just like stand in the bushes of golf courses, staring at rich people just to not get shot. I like to or fight to cops. Time. I just give yeah, them a no, shot. Come on, wrestle motherfucker. Em, wrestle them. <laughs> What's in my coat? Give a noogie. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the headlines. In our lead story tonight from the air supply side file, the U.S. Senate finally released their top secret public policy health care bill last week. What? Right after whiting out the word mwahaha at the last minute, I'm pretty sure. And I'm not going to say it's homicidal. That feels like I'm being too hyperbolic. Uh, what's the word for millions of people are going to die a lot sooner from treatable conditions? It's that. Whatever that word is. Uh, capitalism. Genocidal. Go ahead. Ask me another. I'm good at this. I'm good at one word descriptions of GOP policy. Uh, okay. Uh, the, Tell uh, us. The yeah. Um, all right. So uh, what about having Apathetic. The, Wow. Okay. Um. What about when indictable? They... Four for four. Well yeah. done. Nice. Uh, the inevitable result of democracy. <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> uh, just everyone loves voting until you remember Obama could still be king. <laughs> <laughs> never lose. You think about that. You never lose a king. Be sitting on his throne right now, talking about nutrition. Oh, beautiful <laughs> wife with her sweet traps. Thomas Hobbes didn't even know about smart black guys. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, quick summary of the winners and losers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a racist tiger, yeah. <laughs> They're great. Okay, quick summary of the winners and losers here, this uh, health care bill from the Senate. The proposed plan is good for death pool bookies, also known as insurance companies and their executives, also rich people. Woo! Um, no, like really rich people. Ah, Patreon.com slash Skeptocrat. <laughs> Future woo. <laughs> also, uh, Republican politicians financed by really rich people, uh, back alley abortion providers, and heroin dealers. Huh. And it's bad for literally just about everyone else. Yeah, even just word pens. Calling this a health care bill instead of a tax bill is as disingenuous as calling Japanese internment an infrastructure project. That's when we made them build the railroads, right? They built Exactly. The- That's yeah. an infrastructure project. <laughs> nope. Right. All right. So uh, as it turns out, the death panels didn't happen until the GOP started trying to end Obamacare. Hmm. So weird. And uh, just to clarify what I meant when I said bad for everyone else, the current subjects of the panel who are up for dying are poor people, middle class people, kind of wealthy people, but not really wealthy people, Mm -hmm. sick people. Uh, not sick people who fall into one of those first three groups, yep, uh, yep. the ovary endowed, mm. the ovary impaired who fall into one of those first three groups, disabled people, old people, and of course, military veterans because they've been getting coddled for years and it's Ex- about time we paired that back. Finally, someone said it. It's like we're inventing wars just to keep them employed. <laughs> 
What we need uh, is the army for drugs to finally show up to a battle. <laughs> oh, no, it'd be a general for drugs. A, a four-leaf general at that, hells yeah. All right, so uh, here's a few key highlights from the Senate's proposal. Oh, please. I'll start with their plan for the individual mandate. Um, in car insurance terms, that's the rule that says you can't wait for an accident, then buy insurance from inside your flaming vehicle. <laughs> right, yes. Oh, and, too uh, little, too late. Thank you. <laughs> so you remember how we criticized the House bill for relaxing that rule and just letting insurance companies charge a little extra for people with lapses in coverage to try to replace the mandate? Yeah. Remember how that was already stupid, given the basic tenets of insurance? I do, yeah. Well, the Senate plan is to just... Remove the policy entirely and go with the buying it from the flaming car model. Jesus That's what they're doing. Fucking Christ. I would submit that it's impossible to analogize this bill without setting your analogy on fire. <laughs> but <laughs> guys, if only sick people bought insurance, then it would be super expensive. Oh, I get it. It's about killing it sick is. people. My bad. There I'm sorry. So you got slow. it. No, you're good. It's about you're killing good. You sick people, eventually. everybody. I didn't. That's I why thought I went it was... with a long opening headline. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Moving on to pre-existing conditions, uh, just to review, under Obamacare, it was acknowledged that some people being sick right now was a pre-existing condition of society. <laughs> yeah. So the law made it possible for everyone, including those people, to get affordable coverage. The House plan was like, no, fuck those people. The Senate plan is saying, hold on, hold on, the federal government shouldn't be fucking sick people the state should be fucking them in accordance with local <laughs> yeah, customs exactly. about federalism. Or, in the case of New York, passing universal health care in 2018. So, you know, survival of the fittest, as told in a Christian <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, no, no, their health care plan is Darwinian. That's that's the co best compliment I can give it. And uh, just to be fair, uh, I will mention that there would be at least one benefit from the bill if it passes. Um, we'll be able to take all that money we save by letting millions of people die, and finally put it toward a good cause. And what could be more important than finally getting rid of a 3.8% tax on certain types of investment income for people making over $200,000 a year? They've been getting killed on that. We're going to finally yeah. open things up for that market of people <laughs> well, to invest well. And, and to be fair, I mean, the bill guarantees that all Americans will have access to making over $200,000 a year, too. So it's oh, a win-win. I didn't realize they yeah. opened that. In the yeah. stock okay. market. And you know who's going to clean yeah. up in the stock market? Coal miners I'm supposed to care about for some reason. <laughs> so, yeah. Am I caring right? I when care. When I think stocks and bonds. Ha, care. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Super depressing state of morality in this country. It's like there's no good Christians left. I don't know. Don't happened. you talk about Nathan like that. <laughs> you let me a new friend and may or may not be Christian now. But uh, OK, so th there is some good news here, I guess, like a silver lining or something. The Senate majority is dealing with the same problem the House majority had earlier this year. Uh, just like in the House, the bill won't pass without almost all their GOP members on board, which means they have to hit that perfect Goldilocks zone of evilness we talked about mm -hmm. last time. And it looks like the Senate missed it, too. So moderate Republicans like Dean Heller think it's too evil, while the fingers steeply bond villains like Ted Cruz think it's not evil enough. So as right. of now, they don't have the votes. Mm. Fingers crossed. What is 
Ted Cruz looking for? Like poor people right. fox hunting? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. He's not far off. <laughs> Just chasing him around his haunted opera house. What? Yeah. <laughs> I have fun with that. Haru. <laughs> the, the, it doesn't work on me. I'm a guy. I know that's not a <laughs> <laughs> And in see no evil news tonight. In a move only slightly more comically evil than starting each press conference by spinning around in a chair stroking a cat, many of our <laughs> listeners may have heard that the Trump administration has started forbidding cameras and even audio recording in White House press briefings. Oh my yeah. Which led to the best response ever by CNN, who sent in a sketch artist to draw Sean Spicer just sweating through a suit and a podium. It was amazing. Yeah. This end to a quarter century of precedent, which, by the way, has nothing to do with almost, quote, Holocaust, um, centers. <laughs> Damn it. What are they called? Holocaust hotels? No. Villas? <laughs> It'll come to me. Anyway. And, and almost, quote. Anyway, nothing to do with that. Alternative facts or the fact that they just wanted to deprive SNL of material. It's got nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure the reporters have to start 50 paces away and then request permission to advance 10 paces at a time until they're close enough to ask like, their real <laughs> <Yeah>. question. <laughs> Get all the way up there. Forget to start your question with Mother May I. You got to go back to the start. Oh, standard operating procedure. Now, as I said, it has nothing to do with the multiple gaffes they've made at these things. They just, according to them, don't feel like it. Yep. According to CNN, when asked why the Trump administration had begun to behave like a big brother who waits until your parents leave to hit you, so it's his word against yours, Spicer said, quote, some days we'll do it. I think it's great for us to come out here and have a substantive discussion about politics. I don't think that the be all and end all is whether it's on television or not. And <laughs> we don't want anyone to see this substantive <laughs> discussion of ours. Adding maybe whether or not the president committed treason and the things I say as White House press secretary can be our little secret. Wink. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> CNN's on double secret probation now. <laughs> we didn't like that sketch thing. I've increased the number of sketch artist jobs in this country by 4%. Um, and, and then if it was a legitimate tape, the legislative body has a way of shutting that down news tonight. That's so fucked up. I was, was so, I was so fucking proud of that one. I was just sitting there looking at the blank for a while. I came up with that. Like, That's way too long, but fuck it. I'm going for it. In a moment that can only be described as overachieving and underachieving, the president managed on Thursday to corroborate James Comey's damning congressional testimony about him and freely admit to obstructing justice on Twitter and then capped it all off by bragging about how stupid he wasn't. I want that campaign shirt just like. Donald Trump, how stupid isn't he? <laughs> Donald Trump with an arrow. I'm with how stupid he isn't. Ooh, you could get interviewed by a condescending reporter outside a football stadium. Yeah. No, you could. <laughs> so this story started about six weeks ago when Donald Trump decided to take to Twitter to threaten the recently fired FBI director with possible recordings of their private conversations. Now, at the time, it was clearly meant in the same way that stupid people mean it when they say, well, what if I had screenshots? <laughs> you know, nobody actually thought he had them. He just he refused to admit he was lying for some 40 days and nights before finally coming out and admitting he had simply been misleading the American people in a Machiavellian effort to influence the testimony of a congressional witness against him, which he volunteered in his defense. I don't, I don't even understand the strategy. You can't make threats about tapes of the truth 
when you're the guilty person. <laughs> what, what do you think was I happening? I don't know. He better hope there's no video of me committing that murder. Wait, what did I say? <laughs> yes. Here's, I mean, what, here's a tape of me not obstructing justice. That was the th- anyway. This revelation came from the most prestigious of presidential pulpits. Of course, that's Twitter. I'm speaking of, and even in the admission, he seems to be hedging his bets. He tweets, "Quote: With all the recently reported electronic surveillance and illegal leaking of information, the electronic surveillance. I'm pretty sure is Obama wiretapping him. By the way." I have no idea whether there are tapes or recordings of my conversations with James Comey, but I did not make and do not have such recordings, end quote. So, you know, who the fuck knows who records everything I say? It's not me, though. Not- <laughs> He's so confused about all the things. Like, somebody's just going to, like, tweet him an image of a rope, and he's going to hang himself taking a selfie. Like, Hashtag winning. <laughs> Unless, unless Kathy Griffin does it, in which case he's just going to say Baron did it. Because he thought it was real. <laughs> <laughs> but like all Trump stories, Jesus. this gets dumber still. On a follow-up interview on Fox News, he reaffirmed the fact that he lied in an effort to change the testimony of a congressional witness against him. And in an effort to bolster that strategic move, he pointed out that after he threatened Comey with the non-existent recording, Comey didn't lie. When he laid out a laundry <laughs> list of efforts to... Trump's to obstruct justice and undermine the independence of federal <laughs> law enforcement. When he said I was guilty, he did it truthfully, though. Uh, anyway, when interviewer Ainsley Earhart suggested that uh, uh, this was a smart way of keeping Comey honest, Trump contradicted his lawyer's present expletive-laden tirade at the TV screen by saying, quote, well, it wasn't very stupid, I can tell you that, end quote. <laughs> just picturing mustache, goatee, Tandrew Orez punching a hole in his TV, just, <laughs> nope! He has a goatee, though. Oh, smooth-shaven Andrew Ortez. (laughs) Andrew's the evil one, guys. (laughs) (laughs) He does like Transformers. (laughs) All right, so uh, as we all suspected, there were no tapes. But luckily for us, there were tapes of there not being tapes. Mm -hmm. And we here at The Skeptocrat have managed to obtain those. Ooh, Tyler, get in here, big man. Hi, hi, Mr. President. You see my latest tweets? Oh, I sure did. Totally got Comey. No tapes. Just like I always said. No, no, Mr. President. You were the one who said that there were tapes. That was you. Yeah, but then, you see, it turns out there weren't any. Yeah. uh So, he had to be honest about my conversations with him. The, the, The conversations in which you obstructed justice. Yeah. The ones you said he's lying about. Yes. So you proved James Comey as being honest and that you were both lying about your conversation and the tapes. Uh, No, no, I... I, Are you sure? Because that's what it sounds like. Oh, no, Ty Clip. I dead goofed. It's it's okay, Mr. It's okay, Mr. President. Don't cry. cry. (laughs) It's a goof. It's a goof, time after time. It'll it's be, it'll be okay. The Thai food. We'll probably die in the main blast. Hold me tight, tight. No. Big old goof. <laughs> 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 and, 
And now, back to the headlines. And in rapist, rapist, fucking rapist, rapist, rapist news tonight. What's this going to be about? Sorry, totally unrelated. Hilarious family comedian (laughs) and newly acquitted innocent man Bill Cosby announced this week that he'll be touring the country, giving town halls about sexual assault and the legal system. Do what you know. Wonderful. Well, I hear Access Hollywood might have a bus and some microphones you can use <laughs> if you want. In unrelated news, hey, Heath, you're a fucking rapist. I don't give a fuck that you um, got away with it. You're what? a raping, rape, rapist, rapist, rapist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That would be related news. If I were <laughs> I'm not. I feel like I got mad at the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> Be related, though. Let's be clear. Either way, uh, really weird choice for making your point here, Daniel Tosh. Whatever. (laughs) Well, and and to be fair, Eli, we all saw how you dressed at the Chicago show. Uh, I dressed like a wrestler, not a swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Less than a week after a judge declared a mistrial because... I don't, I don't know why. Too much evidence makes you go back around to innocent again or something. I don't <laughs> I think there was a long con to get Roosh V on the runaway jury uh, there. Maybe possible. There possible. Anyway, after that happened in this reality that we live in on this timeline, Cosby spokesman and man who is going to hell if it's remotely possible that it exists, Andrew Wyatt had the following exchange on Good Day, Alabama. He said the following. Mr. Cosby wants to get back to work. We are now planning town halls, and we're going to be coming to this city sometime in July. Then the host asked him, Really? Just a town hall just to talk with people? To which Wyatt replied, To talk to young people, because this is bigger than Bill Cosby. This issue can affect any young person, especially young athletes of today. Or (laughs) rapists. Yeah. Lacrosse teams are the real victims here. They can't throw a decent party anymore. It's impossible. Yeah, right. it was, uh, one time they didn't do it. Now, yeah. He continued laughing, and they need to know what they're facing when they're hanging out and partying, when they're doing certain things that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, does he mean raping? I feel like he means raping. <laughs> he went on That's to say, and it also affects, you know, married men. <laughs> it's so hard not to rape. <laughs> Am I right? To which right. the host said... Is it kind of a do what I say and not as I do situation? Again, I feel like this is about rape. To which Wyatt replied, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, except the hung jury. Whatever made that happen, do that. I'm saying that and I did that. Yeah, so like Brock Turner and OJ Simpson, now that he's been declared innocent, he's going to give one of those how not to get caught doing the thing I totally didn't do speaking tours. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. It's a moneymaker. And Ugh. finally tonight, and Wall Lies Matter news, in an effort to keep this show fair and balanced, pretty sure that slogan's up for the taking at this point. It is. My last story was about Trump saying something incriminating, petty, counterproductive, and self-destructively stupid, so this next story is about him saying something that isn't incriminating at all. Ooh, hmm. compliment sandwich. The closest I'm going to get anyway. <laughs> so... While Donald Trump was taking a victory lap in Iowa over the Republicans' ability to narrowly hold on to a cherry-picked congressional race in Georgia's wealthiest suburbs, he decided to regale the audience with some of his freshest brain nuggets, including plans to add solar panels to his wall along the Mexican border. 
How is that? In a related story, Why? when he gets done with his snow fort, it's going to have four turrets and an ice <laughs> slice shaped like a dragon. What's happening? Does, I, does he think the problem with solar power is that we don't have enough, like, flat stuff to put the panels on <laughs> somewhere? I mean, that's what Jill Stein and I think. Just so you know. Well, yeah, no. It's like, <laughs> so, after promising to share it with his audience, quote, an idea that nobody has heard about yet, end quote, he explains that the Mexico wall will actually be a solar wall on account of Mexico being so sunny. He, he literally <laughs> says, he literally says, quote, we're talking about the southern border. Lots of sun, lots of heat, end quote. He then goes on to suggest that his border wall will all but pay for itself once they once they start collecting all that juicy Mexican <laughs> sunlight out of it. Yeah, it's it's south facing. Mexico's to the south. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we grow a vineyard on the wall too. There you go. Something to wash down all that steak and ketchup. <laughs> Fucking asshole. I hate him so much for that more than anything else almost. It's crazy. Thank you. Oh, they should just make it out of those Tesla roof tiles. Yeah, they, they might, well, might as well. Okay, look. Luckily for my mathematically incompetent ass, some folks over at Business Insider actually ran the numbers on this one. If you completely covered the wall with the specs that Trump has proposed, it would produce about $106 million a year worth of electricity, which means the wall would pay for itself by the year 2649 if the solar panels themselves were free and appeared spontaneously complete with magical elves to install them. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I'm sure he has a plan for the elves on uh, half the wall. <laughs> he's, he's got that set. Once they're done. And that's going to do it for episode 53. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Simo, Farty McPooper, that's a funny name, Dan, Frank, Desire or Desiree, not sure, Stacy, Julie, Nathan, Kane17, Adam, Tim, Defends No Pants, and Michael, whose genitals are so popular they could walk into a bar with Norm and everyone would yell, new patron donor's genitals. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist and God Awful Movies, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. Also check out Citation Needed, of course. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check them out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Literary, literary tests, liter, literary. <laughs> you know what help if the only people it. who are able to read can't, could could can't blow could it. vote. That's how I feel. <laughs> Just now, not then, but now. If we did it now, <laughs> read this word, literary. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, fuck. I'll vote so I don't vote years. this time. I don't vote. That's on me.
<laughs> I'd have a line, little old lady. I would be practicing literacy. Literacy. Okay. You got you got disenfranchised by Electro College. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Thank you. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.